All right. J Squad. Welcome back into the Fast Break Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bryson Wright, and I'm joined by Justin Klimmer and Keith and Foster. And we finally have NBA games to talk about. Last time we kind of gave a little bit of our predictions. Uh, but I guess if we want to go ahead and get started, we can get started with opening night. And the first game was 76ers and Celtics, which this was a, I thought this was a really good game. Yeah. Uh, the Celtics kind of, kind of, I want to. It wasn't a blowout because obviously they only ended up winning by like nine, but it felt like they were in control that entire fourth quarter to me. But for on the Sixer side of things, I know that they're now zero and two now too. But you got to be impressed by the, by the way James Harden has played in these first two games, it looked like especially Houston in game James, one. Yeah, James like Harden definitely. Harden. He looks very comfortable in the system right now. Like I could say, like. Last year, obviously, it was his first year playing with Joel Embiid, so it's a lot of adjusting to do. You know, he's usually ball-dominant and used to scoring a lot. He's never really had somebody – because Joel Embiid's the scoring champion. He's never had somebody who could get a bucket like Joel Embiid. So now he's starting to get more comfortable with the system. Uh, He's made a lot of really good passes, too. Like He's always been a good passer, but he's made a lot of really good reads. He just looks really comfortable with his teammates, I feel like, right now. Yeah, you could tell how comfortable he was because he was, like, taking the old shots he always used to take. Just, just like, rock rock the baby type of uh, hesitation between the leg and then just step back three. You saw plenty of that, and this time it was falling. I feel like last year uh, he kind of strayed away from that shot just because, you know, you got Joel Embiid, so why am I taking a step back three? But now he kind of is just um, doing things his own way, in a good way. Like, he's doing what he does well. Um and, uh, yeah, he defers to Joel Embiid when he needs to and Tyrese Maxey, who had a really good game. So, yeah, th- uh, as far as the Sixers, I think their bench depth still has uh, pretty big issues. But Dude, what do you mean? They added DeAnthony Melton. Yeah, he's good, but... <sighs> that, I'm joking, man. I'm joking. Like, dude, like Daniel House, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm worried about. They didn't play Thibault this game. One thing I will say about the Sixers, the first game their defense was not looking the best, but that second mm-hmm. game against the Bucks last night looked very promising. Yeah. I'm not going to say promising, but it looked way better. They looked like they had more sense of urgency on defense than they did that first game. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, when you look at the, Cel- the Celtics in this game, you can't let Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown combine for 70 points, dude. Like, I mean, that they were hooping, though. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> they were both hooping. Cause, so, Jalen Brown, 14 out of 24. Jason Tatum, 13 out of 20. Jason Tatum also had 12 rebounds. Like, 35 and 12 in the first game is crazy, Jason Tatum. But uh, And it was he was doing everything, man. I feel like I know he didn't shoot well from three, but, like, the mid-range game was there. The drive to the baskets was there. And just they, they, both of them looked every bit of – all-star superstar players that they need to be in order for the Celtics to get back to the finals so on the Celtics side of things I think you should be happy uh you should definitely be happy with the way Malcolm Brogdon played oh yeah so I would have I would ask y'all one question though I I think Malcolm Brogdon should start I think Malcolm Brogdon should be their starting point guard right they started Marcus Smart and Derek White and I understand I I understand why Marcus Smart is out there I'm not saying don't start Marcus Smart but I think Marcus Smart is a two guard. I don't think Marcus I, I Smart agree. is a true point guard. I feel like right now what they're doing is just trying to like 
Because you know how like a lot of teams Since he's just got there Trying to get him introduced I feel like they would If they do take him out It would definitely be for Dirk Wright Because Dirk yeah. White Because um, you're not going to take The defensive player of the year Yeah the yeah lineup. Not, not saying take Marcus Smart Out of the lineup Like no question So but the thing is too Honestly Depending on how the season progresses Malcolm Brogdon looked really comfortable Controlling the bench unit Like he, he looked did. really good So if they feel like Dirk White is the the lineup is the way that they're running like because Tatum and Brown both just combined for thirty five. So if they run in that unit correctly, then you have a guy like Malcolm Brogdon who can step in on the bench and then maybe even in the game. So he may be in the closing lineup, but starting, I feel like maybe depending on how the season goes, he might not start. But yeah, that's just wait and see. I was thinking about the closing lineup too. Just yeah, just take out White and put in Brogdon. That's probably like the best for for both sides. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's your best five on the floor. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking at this Celtics team, and Grant Williams, he had a great game. Yes, um, he did. He not just It wasn't just uh, Brogdon off the bench. It was Grant Williams. Even Noah Vonley got big minutes. He was s- solid. I mean, he played 20. Uh, Grant Williams still hasn't missed a shot right this there. season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's that, honestly crazy that, to see what Grant has become as a shooter. Oh, yeah, just watching him at UT, just always Compared back to, to the basket. Now, yeah. Shooting, like, all the free throws every game. And, I mean, that was the big reason why he kind of fell in the draft is because they were like, they didn't know if he could really shoot because he's not – you can't play back to the back basket at 6'6 six, six in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. And look like, how well he moves, too. Like, he moves way better. Like, it's, I'm not going to say he was sluggish, but he wasn't – he definitely wasn't fast. But now, No, I think he's grown into his body more. He's yeah. definitely f- more fit than he was. I mean, because you got to remember, when he first came to Tennessee – he was overweight like he was a he was a chunky dude and like rick barnes kind of got him in shape and then i think the celtics have kind of taken that to the next level and then yeah his shooting it's ridiculous like he shot 18 threes in the playoffs <laughs> like in the playoffs like, you know in a game seven like in dang. the playoffs like, he attempted 18 three-pointers he made nine of them yeah nine three in a playoff in a game seven they were running sets for this man to come off the screen to shoot threes, nah, he's lethal now. Who would have thought? That and and, and they trust him to guard. There, he was guarding James Harden this game. They trust him to guard the other team's best player. No, and 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 this is what I'll think. Right, so I'll go back to when Grant Williams was drafted and be like, okay, in three years, Grant Williams is going to hit nine threes in a in a game, and in that game, he's also going to guard Giannis and do well, and they're going to win the game seven. <laughs> Right, and yeah. then he's gonna come back the next season in the first game of the year. He's gonna guard James Harden for stretches of the game. I would have told you you're a freaking maniac. I would have been like, I "What know. are you? <laughs> like what? <laughs> like that's hey, that's insane to think about." Because you gotta think like, I, I don't even know. Now let's talk about what his ceiling may potentially be. Because honestly, like you said, we already didn't expect this. He's still pretty young. Um, in I don't college, know. I think he's always gonna be an off ball player. I want to see like what what. Do you feel like in terms of points per game, like ceiling-wise for Grant Williams? Because in college, he was – if it wasn't for Zion, he might have got player of the year that year because he had a very yeah. dominant season. Yeah, no, he did have a really dominant season If it wasn't for Zion, he might have got it. So like <sighs> That's we, a good question. I got to see – so let's see. Last season – It's going to be hard to project him over 20 because like all we're seeing Last season, he averaged 7.8 points per game. I can see like around 15. Yeah. 15. Like ceiling. I don't. I fifteen would ha- he would have to be in a bigger role than yeah, he I is agree. now. I agree. Not he's not going to have fifteen off the bench. If he has fifteen, 
he's going to be like starting. Yeah, he'd have to be starting and it, probably your third option. I would say. The, yeah, I agree with that as well. But didn't the Celtics say that they were uh, likely not signing him or not likely? But no, they, they didn't. They didn't uh, pick up the rookie extension. So he's a restricted free agent next summer. Uh. I think so. Yes, okay. somebody's gonna throw him. A I don't feel like he will get this because obviously he's not the type of player that you would just like. Hey, you're the third option. He's not gonna get thrust into that role. I feel like, but over time, I feel like maybe just a, a maybe he might could develop into something. I mean, he can fit on any team. That's the great yeah. thing about him. He's not like somebody. With, some people will talk about later who just don't fit the current situation. You throw Grant Williams on any team, he can find a role. It's starting role. Yeah, I mean, if if you're going to go ahead and throw it out there, Justin, I mean, we can go ahead and segue into what we want to talk about uh, next, and that's <laughs> the Los Angeles Lakers and, of course, the Golden State Warriors. I mean, the Golden State Warriors did what you expect them to do in the first game against a team that's not as good as them. I mean, they won by 14. It wasn't as, it wasn't that close. As much as Warriors fans hate on Grizzlies fans on Twitter, I honestly like to say that I enjoy watching Warriors play basketball. As a fan of basketball, as a former basketball player, I can honestly say that they play very beautiful basketball. Oh, definitely. The way that they passed, it was so like, when you watch the Warriors play on offense, you see a lot of people touching the ball, a lot of people moving. Nobody's really standing still. On the opposite end, when you watch that same game, but the Lakers play, it's just like, it's my turn. It's my turn. Every now and then you'll see a little bit, but it doesn't really seem like it's a lot of team involvement. There watch. isn't. There's not much team involved, bro. We and witnessed I feel like that was the difference. We witnessed uh, Patrick Beverly ISO, like he thought he was Dame. He he went between the legs and shot a three. Like that's like he gets on the Lakers and now and now he just doesn't know his role. And think about it, Steph Curry is arguably the the best player in the NBA right now. When how many times do you see him ISO a game? Mm, that's a good just point. When it's late in the shot, it's really just late in the shot. Yeah, court. you never. See, I mean, he he plays off ball a lot too. That's so what I'm saying. And that's he, just, he, he he like a straight up ISO, not often. Two straight so, broken play yeah, by them. Yeah, dude, but the Lakers. Th- this is what I'll say about the Lakers. Right, I don't even think their problem starts with Russell Westbrook. It doesn't no. like their their problem is they don't have a bench. They're relying on guys like Juan Toscano Anderson to come off and be a three point shooter. Matt Ryan. <laughs> yeah, dude, Matt Ryan. Dude, dude, Matt, dude, Matt Ryan, I think, might be the best shooter on the team. Yeah. Like, he might be, like, when you look at the team top to bottom, he might be the best shooter on the I mean, team. They, run, they were running plays for him like he's uh, Duncan Rock. They have to. Because who else are you going to are you going to run those plays for Juan Toscano Anderson? At the same time. Are you going to run those plays for Patrick Beverly? <laughs> I think I saw it was none. Westbrook and Beverly were one for twenty five last night against the Clippers. And the thing is that I don't understand when when you shoot ten for forty, and especially more specifically in terms of last night because they were nine of forty five. It, it was even worse something than around that opening. area. When you're shooting nine for forty five threes, and that was only a six point game, I don't understand. Why are you still shooting threes, dude? They're they're leaving have, them open. It's it's they're not terrible looks. No, okay. So this so this will so this what you look like. Look at this. I'm just gonna look at the starting five. So against the Clippers, well, let's start with this. In the first two games of the season, the Lakers are 19 out of 85 from the three point line. 22 percent, the worst percentage by any team through two games in the history of the NBA. Minimum sixty attempts. So it's, it's got to get but, better, right? And dude, I don't know, but that's what I'm saying. It's like 
they don't have shooters. And I agree oh, to both of your guys' point and to the point that you said. Um, something that one of our coaches always used to tell us is that when you're sitting still, you're easy to guard. As we said earlier, the Warriors play a style of basketball where everybody might touch the ball in the possession. And even then, even when they play guys like Draymond and Looney in the playoffs, everybody's like, how is that going to work with the spacing? It still managed to work because everybody's moving. So in terms of with the Lakers, they're shooting nine of 85, not nine for 45 and they're getting open looks because it's not a lot of movement. I don't feel like, like it's, you yeah, look at them play. They're just sitting around. So it's just easy to guard. But if they would, I'm not saying run plays, because you don't have to run a play to run an offense. But if they at least like we even seen it with what the um the Nets did with Ben Simmons that play. How guys were sagging off on him mm-hmm. and they had K D yeah. coming around off that mid range. So not saying do something similar to that, but maybe pass screen away, do something to make it not so easy to guard and you do something on offense other than just sit around and chucking threes because obviously that's not working. Yeah, Darvin Ham's got a lot of a lot of stuff on his plate. Um, but I do. I will say one good thing. I think Lonnie Walker looks a little bit promising. He, you don't. It's not the same story last year. You know, it's not a bunch of old guys. You know, they, they don't. They don't really lack energy this year. It's not what I think. Mm-hmm. I, even defensively, I thought they for stretches they looked really good. Last night when they took the lead in the, I think it was the fourth quarter off that lob from uh, Reeves to 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 Walker, I believe. They were looking really good right there. West Westbrook was looking like a, a free safety. He had like five steals. Okay, last no, night. and that's and that's the thing is that. Russ's value to this team is if he can continue to play the defense that he's played. He's been good on defense, and if he can push the pace because they need to play fast. And I think that's the problem from last year. They didn't have shooters, and they they couldn't play fast because they had old guys. Now they they need those younger guys like Lonnie Walker and Austin Reeves off the bench to play with Russ and push the pace because that's when they were at their best in the game against the Clippers. That's when they went on their run and came back was they were all pushing the pace. Uh, There was a lot of steals, a lot of – Pushing after missed shots, yeah, and have. that's how and that's how they and that's how they're going to get their looks, and I think that's what they need to do more if they want to even have a chance at the play in this year. They have the blueprint. I mean, they're down sixteen like twice in this game, I think. But yeah, if you're not hitting the threes, it's going to be you. Of course, you're going to get down by sixteen if you keep taking them. And then Westbrook on top of that, he was over eleven. He's smoking layups now. It's it's beyond just a three point problem. Like you're smoking layups. Even LeBron smoked a few layups. So, I mean. <sighs> They don't, I don't think they're as bad as many people say. I mean, keep in mind, they have played the Warriors I think they and the are. Clippers. I think they are. Okay, how bad do you want to take it? I know it's just been two games, but you're talking about no play-in? I, I think they they will. They might make the play-in, but they're going to struggle to get there. It's not. It It's going to come down to the last few games. Okay, so I have a question. How much do you trust a LeBron-led team in the playoffs? With the... If LeBron makes it into the playoffs, we've seen what type of teams LeBron has carried to the playoffs. Yeah, but, okay, but, but time out. So LeBron is 38-year-old LeBron? Is this worse than the 2018 Cavs? No. Yes. Really? I mean, if Anthony – without with, it, 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 it depends on if Anthony Dennis Davis can Schroeder, stay healthy. You have a Dennis Schroeder. You still have to wait for Dennis Schroeder to come back. We don't know how effective we've seen. We've be. seen Dennis Schroeder on this, te- or Schroeder on this team That's before. And it didn't Ta- work. Talking about the 2018 Cavs, like, would you rather have Kevin Love and Jeff Green or AD? Like, low-key like, Kevin no, Love. No, no, like, Kevin Love, Love, okay, Love. I'll give you this. And, this, and team has a higher, this team has a higher ceiling than the 2018 Cavs. That's not a question. But based on what I have seen – if they played the 2018 Cavs tomorrow, they would get blown out. 
But I think that's more so just because LeBron. Yeah, I don't know. Like, because, what? Because, oh, because LeBron is, what, five years younger? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. Like, like we, like, obviously, LeBron is still LeBron. I'm not saying he's not. So, let's say. But 38 AD. LeBron is not the same I as agree. prime 33-year-old <laughs> Cavs LeBron. Yeah. Like, we so, got to. Come on now. Say Anthony Davis starts to come back into himself a little bit. Stop taking jumps. I don't feel like. Cause I agree. I don't feel like it's as bad as it seems. Like, cause they just play the words in the Clippers. Like that's arguably the one and two. Like a lot of people have them as one and two in the West. So with that, I'm not. I'm said, not as high on the Clippers as other people I don't, are. But I don't think that it's as bad as it seems. They have a lot of fixing to do. Like like we just said. Obviously, like you shouldn't be shooting 85 threes in two games and have only made like. What nineteen? <laughs> yeah, I, but but what like, do you think? Yes. But if they're if they're left wide open, what do you do? Because like the the paint is packed and they're giving you an open three. You're a Dude, professional I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you need to take something. a dribble into a mid range. <laughs> something. something like something that is not brick a three pointer. That's you, all I'm saying. You know, they you know like if you're just constantly doing it over and over that's, that's, and over and it's not working. Like, dude, they need, to, they need to be shooting threes, like, every second of the day. That's the yeah. same as a turnover at a certain point. Because think about it. That's 36 wasted shots. Like, that's a lot of, yeah. I'm not going to say bad shots, because a lot of them might have been good shots. But at a certain point, you're trying to make a run. You already haven't made threes. If you're trying to make a run, what makes you think, like, oh, yeah. Let me let me let it ride like that. I don't really I don't really get that. Yeah, I guess if you're a really good slasher like a Russell Westbrook, like even AD who can uh, bang inside, yeah, st- maybe stop taking so many jumpers. But if you're Kendrick Nunn, that's your role. Like you're supposed I to be agree. a good three per- point shooter on this team. Um, He's one of the better three point shooters on the team. Well, but this is the thing because I I didn't think Kendrick Nunn was ever like an elite three point shooter. He's I think not. that's the thing. He's nah. not, like there is nobody there's nobody on this team that I consider an elite three point. They're gonna start running plays for Patrick Beverly. Oh they gosh. already are. They called ISO. You called ISO. If you Man, can. yeah. Patrick Beverly was ISO and people. Get out the way. Get, yeah. yeah. Come on now. Said it's my team. Patrick Beverly. <laughs> he said I'm the one who made the playoffs last year. Get out the way. Nah, okay, and that that statement was crazy. LeBron has four rings, buddy. Come on now, <laughs> that's a crazy statement. Uh, but moving on, kind of to like those Wednesday night games, we got to talk about the game between our two teams, Justin. Well, I guess our three teams because Keithan's also a Grizzlies fan, and that was the Knicks and the Grizzlies, and it turned out to be a really good game. Oh yeah, it really did. Um, I know I said this before to you guys, but I haven't said it on here, but uh. I'm a little bit of a Knicks fan just because Carmelo's my favorite player and, like, obviously played with the Nuggets and the Knicks. But growing up, my years while I was really watching basketball, he was on the Knicks. So I got a, I got a lot of love for the Knicks. But um, one thing I will say is John Morant definitely looks just as good as he did last season. He if looks better. better no, he looks better. If not better. His shot. He no was, hesitation. That's what, that's what I was saying. Like, the confidence, like, it's not about even if he misses this. The fact that he's confidently taking a shot, like you can tell that he expects the shot to go in and not just shoot. And it. all of the shot, all of the threes that he made were pure. Like exactly. it, there was no, it didn't, it didn't yeah, touch not, not yeah. a piece of the rim. It wasn't any. It's gonna bounce. No, it was pure. You gotta love that. Another and thing I loved about the game when I say loved, but something that I that I'm loving to see now is Tyus Jones was aggressive. Like, usually mm-hmm. you see him, you see Tyus Jones get the ball. He's looking for everybody, looking for everybody. And maybe that's just due to Zaire, Dylan Brooks, and other guys being out. But the fact that he's aggressively taking shots, because he took 18 shots. When's the last time 
that we've seen. Tyus I think Jones. it's the most. He, I, it might be, honestly. I don't know if I'll have to look, but I think it's probably the most he's taken as the backup with Ja. Uh, he like he's, he's taken happy. that many before, but it was in the games when Ja missed when he was starting. Like I remember that game against even that game against the Pelicans last year when he had like I think he had twenty seven, twenty eight in that game, and I don't think he ended up taking that many shots still. So yeah, he he t- he took a lot of shots in that game. Uh, but two guys, the two guys that stood out to me the most in this game, I'll pick one from each team. For the Knicks, it's Cam Reddish. Yeah. The only problem with Cam Reddish is he has like there's a there's a lot of players that have this problem where they get hot and they start thinking they can take any shot. Yeah. That's what happened down the stretch. And I think the other guy that I'll, I'm going to mention on the Grizzly side is Santi Aldama. Santi Aldama played incredible in yeah. the first game. But, and he he I think he got a piece of that Cam Reddish air ball late in the game that was a really bad shot, which was the one bad yeah. shot that I think he really had the entire night. And it kind of and it's just like he's almost there. But you got to get to the point to where you're not taking that contested three pointer with I think like twelve seconds left still on the shot clock in an overtime game that it's tied. Like you can't yeah. you can't do that. Well, the the problem with Cam Reddish is um, the organization doesn't trust him that much. I mean, we've seen. Uh, He's on a one-year deal, first off, and um, we've seen kind of the trade rumors swirling around. And, like, Fournier is going to be starting a shooting guard next game. And once Grimes come back, then there's going to have to be, like, some type of minute cut. Somebody's going to have to get get hit. Like, I don't know if it's going to be – it's going to be either Emmanuel Quickly or Cam Reddish, who's going to take a minute cut when Quentin Grimes comes back because Thibodeau loves him. And, you know, Thibodeau's the type of guy, you know, anytime – yeah, obviously Reddish was hot, but you you said like some some of those bad shots he was taking. That's that gets you straight on the bench, like on Tom Thibodeau led team. And but you know if he just makes timely plays here and there, and then does good on defense, which you know he, he was good on both ends um, Wednesday night. Um, yeah, he, he can stay in, in this rotation. But I feel like if Cam Reddish's floor, I feel like he could at his floor be a guy like. A Jamal Crawford or somebody like a professional scorer like a J.R. Smith, somebody you know is mm-hmm. going to get a bucket. Because you go, Rave, yeah. you go back to um, it was a clip of Anthony Edwards and guys yeah. just back in the day. I'm pretty yeah, sure but I know exactly that. what you're talking and about. And he was talking about Cam Reddish just giving the guy a bucket. Say, so. wait, how, how many Cam Reddish give you? Uh, forty? Did he give you forty? Forty? He only gave you forty. That clip comes up every big so, Cam Reddish game. We know Cam Reddish can score, and I feel like, like you said, he just needed the opportunity, but. Um, other stuff um, has led him. It might not have just been his talent. I don't feel like his talent has what have got him left him off the floor because obviously he's talented. Everybody's known that about him. But um, as long as he continues to make himself, give himself uh, opportunities to stay on the floor, I feel like he'll shine because obviously he made a big three to, in the game. And you've seen as he was starting to heat up, he just kept keeping him in the game and trusting him more and more. So let's say he does get traded. Other teams are seeing this as well, him yeah. hoping. So who knows? He gets traded. He may get put into a bigger role and be able to shine because he's still young. Like, that's the thing that everybody doesn't understand about these players is, like, they come out the league. What well, he stayed at Duke, like, one a year. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's like the, he's the same age as Zion. That's what I'm saying. Like, everybody expects these players to – Grow so fast two or three years and don't understand. They're still they like, expect everybody to be Luca, Ja, Trey. Exactly. Like, they, yeah. but there's a Luke lot spoiled. of players. There's a lot of players that like, start slow and then, like, even because you got to think about it. Like, you t- look at Giannis now. Think about Giannis in year three. Giannis in year three was so not like eighteen points. Per yeah, game. he like he he was a good player, but he was not what we see now. People forget Giannis has the most improved player. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, they don't forget that he wasn't always Giannis or not Paul George. Yeah, Paul George. Shoot. Paul George Jimmy is a Butler. perfect example. Jimmy Butler. We can go on and on. Brandon Ingram, even though he was always pretty good, but not to this extent. Like Brandon mm-hmm. Ingram is. Like yeah, Brandon Ingram wasn't in All Star conversations his second year. That's okay. Not everybody is going to be, right? And I think sometimes there is a little bit too much expectations, especially on guys that are high draft picks. So I do like that Cam Reddish is kind of proving people wrong a little bit. I do still think it's a mentality thing for him. He he has kind of the same things that I say about Dylan Brooks sometimes. Is where it's like when you get hot. You start thinking that you cope. <laughs> yeah. Like, listen. Now, Dylan, it's hilarious that um, I don't want to dwell in the past because, you know, it brings a lot of bad memories. But um, I think it was, what game was it where he had checked all the shots? And game four. Yep. Game I, four yep. against Literally, Swan State. When, yeah. When I seen that Ja was out, I had texted in my group chat that night. I said, Dylan Kobe game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, said. like, no, that's not. And, and I think Cam Reddish has that same mentality, which is fine. Like, I, you should you should think that you're a great player. Exactly. But at some point, you have to kind of understand, like, what your role is. I think that's going to be the biggest thing for him. Now, going to the Grizzly side of it, I know we already talked about Ja. First of all, he should have had one of the best game winners I've ever seen. Like, nah, it's, it's, I, I think it should have been game. I, I, I don't think it was a charge. That they finished. said that they you said that Jalen, Josh said Jalen Brunson said that it wasn't a charge either. Yeah, and if, if Brunson said, yeah, it. he was still kind of drifting like a little bit. I don't feel like he was completely set. Like he, it's hard to tell as a ref. Like that's a hard yeah. call to make in real live in a uh, live action. But if we would have blessed you, if we would have had that challenge, I feel like um, that would have been overturned. Yeah, I think that was the only problem is that the Grizzlies didn't have any timeouts left, so they I couldn't did. challenge it. Bro, that was crazy. Dude, no, the like and I and Jaw dropped. That finish was insane. Think about Jaw's highlight package when it's all said and done. Right now he arguably has top highlight package. Dude, he has it's one of the best dude. I have one of the, like you could just go off last season. You could put Jaw's last season highlights up against a lot of some NBA greats. <laughs> Yeah, like, like career highlights. We're, we're almost past the point of most entertaining player in the league. We're talking about most entertaining player. Oh, he's player like, I think well, if, if, if Josh continues to stay healthy, he's going to be the most exciting player I've ever seen in the NBA. That's ridiculous. Like every every day, every time we watch a game, it's like, it's so regular. Like that's the thing. Like obviously, I'm pretty sure we watch all Grizzlies game, most of all of the Grizzlies game we can. You see it so much, it just becomes regular. Like, and that's crazy to say that Mm-hmm. Dunking on somebody, jumping in the air, doing all this stuff is regular. The like, blocks too. Don't forget about those. Like, yeah, he had a big, he had a big block. But we can. Uh, that was a foul. Yeah, uh, Brunson. That yeah. was a foul. I ain't gonna lie. I yeah. think it was a goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Foul and a goal. <laughs> <for sure. laughs> that was huge. And he stepped out of bounds in the game. But what? what hey, look. But okay, all that matters is that after all that, it went to overtime, and it was it was an ugly overtime period, right? Yeah. Tyus Jones is up hitting hitting the game winner. Or uh, yeah. We yeah we can also talk about R J Barrett a little bit if you want to get your not worried at all R J okay. I mean he was a twenty point per game score last year as a twenty one year old so I it's mean, still early still yeah early yeah it's, it's yeah. early um, I, I liked how he stayed aggressive the shots he was was taking was a little crazy especially yeah not nah, three some, nah, some of the three layups. for eighteen is crazy though three for eighteen oh, for six is crazy from three, so we yeah. talked about. Uh, who's, we talked about the other team ceiling. Let's think about the Knicks ceiling because obviously, like we said, um, with Cam Reddish, you give players a lot of time to grow. They just added Jalen Brunson, who at the very least can control the offense, make sure everybody stays composed. R.J. Barrett was the third pick. Now, mm-hmm. 
if RJ Bird turns out to be what he turns out to be, what he, we expect of him and like a lot of people hope him to be, you add that along to Julius Randle, who's playing very hot. Had a good game, yeah. And then yeah. Jalen Brunson. The Knicks could potentially, I'm going to say potentially, be scary. Now, that scary. just. Scary mean like first. Okay. You don't want to see him the first round type of scary? Like that type of scary, like where they can maybe get to that second round. But it's all dependent on uh. how well RJ Bird plays. Because yeah. we already know what you're going to get from Jalen Brunson. You already know what you're going to get out of Julius Randle. Well, that's, we don't know what we're going to get out of Julius Randle in the playoffs. Nah, yeah, you that's don't, the no, problem. Trust yeah, me, you don't know. Playoffs. Trust me, you don't in know. The playoffs, what you get from in the Julius. playoffs, we, we hope we don't get what we just seen from Julius Randle in the playoffs. But, <sighs> okay, yeah. You're RJ. Right. If he turns out to be what we expect of him to be, that number three pick who can take that leap, because like a lot of people believed he would be a better NBA prospect than Zion. Some people, a lot of people, that. yeah, he was some a, people just say some that. Number one player in that, that he was, I mean, you got to keep in mind before before Ja came onto the scene, he was the consensus number two pick, exactly. Like going into that college oh, yeah. year, so like it was going to be Zion and RJ, and some people were arguing if it should be Zion, if it should be RJ then Zion, exactly, and then. Zion played his first game at Duke, and they were like, "Okay, never mind. He can. <laughs> exactly. he, he. It wasn't just because he was playing like five, six dudes in whatever league he was playing in. Like this dude is different." And then they were like, "Okay, it's Zion." But exactly, yeah. So. People forget about RJ Barrett sometimes. The thing I worry about with RJ is just I've been waiting to see this in his development. His shot creation is still it's not like, there. Yet. It's not there yet, and he he loves his left hand too much. He always goes left. I feel like he'll drive right, fake going right, uh, euro step over the over the left, and like always go up with the left. Man. No, okay. So there is a clip. I was watching the game on ESPN, and it was a clip of John Morant talking to rookie Jake Laravia, who had the RJ Barrett matchup. When he came in uh, and he goes that. up to him and he goes hey under and he's gonna go to his left hand it's like yeah go under the screen and he's gonna go to his left hand he's a good shooter he, he didn't shoot well this game it's not a good mm-hmm. game to talk about RJ well, Barrett, th- but. yeah th- but this is what i'll say for the Knicks ceiling i see them i see them as a play-in team i think they'll be in the i see him as a playing team as well right because it's too deep yeah like could yeah. they like i don't know if i see them getting a six seed just because when I look at this, right, that's got to be over like Cleveland or that's what I'm saying. Even Toronto, I don't, think, I don't know. If they're, I feel not gonna, okay, they're not going to okay. They're not going to be better than Philly. Philly. They're not going to be better than Brooklyn. They're not going to be better than Milwaukee. We also they're not going to be better than than Miami. They're not going to be better. It's got to be like Chicago than Boston. That's, I don't think they're going to be that six if you count in Atlanta. That's true, but we also have to account for health because you go back to last season. The Cavs was a top four team and then got health, injured. And then they ended up in the playing game. So that's true. I mean, if yeah, you think that's of definitely true. Situations like that, because injuries can happen, burn the injury, which we don't want to happen. But say something does happen, they could sneak their way in. But like you just said, there's so many teams that's way more talented than them. That's what I'm saying. And I, I think, I think they're a solid playing team. Like I don't think, I don't think they're going to be nine or ten. I think they could, they could. Really, probably be seven or eight. I don't think that's yeah. out of the question. I agree. That's what right? I'm expecting this year. But I think playing is. I think playing is fine for them. Uh, on the Grizzly side, I mean, I think their ceiling is they could win the championship if they put it all I together. Agree. But yeah, definitely, <laughs> all you need. I feel like the thing with the Grizzlies that plays a big role and why they win a lot of games is confidence. Like people don't understand how big of a role confidence plays into your into your success of yourself. That's a big mm-hmm. reason why we see. A lot of people hating on Ben Simmons is just because it's not everybody knows what Ben Simmons can do is just that he doesn't have the confidence in himself. So the fact you got job believing in himself, you got guys making extra harder, harder plays just because they believe in themselves. Then you have a superstar like Ja, who's arguably the best player on the court any night. 
So yeah. you add that, you have a defensive player of the year like Ja, not Ja, Jern. And then the thing that people don't understand, they keep talking about the West did this, the West did this, made all these picks. People don't understand that the Grizzlies was the second youngest team last year, so everybody, everybody on their team is getting better. That's exactly yeah. like you can't do anything but get better. So they're talking about all these picks that everybody did. Realistically speaking, nobody has hit their prom yet. Like that's the scariest. That part. is that's really scary. That is the scariest part. There, like, there's not nobody. Well, besides Stephen Adams, nobody in the Grizzlies starting exactly. five is in their prime. Desmond Bain is not even anywhere close to where he's a good shooter, but he still has room to grow with his ball. Good shooter. He's one of the best shooters. Yeah, he's, he's tough. It's like you can argue that he's the best other than Steph Curry. Like obviously we know yeah. Steph Curry is the best, but outside of Curry, you can argue it's Bain. You have a defensive player of the year who can guard. I ain't gonna say one through five comfortably. Three through five, three through five comfortably. One if he and just has one to. through one through five on a switch. Exactly. Like if he just has to. The only problem with him is he just has to stay on the floor. And think about it. Jern has all the tools. He can dribble. He can shoot. He's getting a little bit of playmaking going on. That's scary. You had a guy like Santi Aldama, who we obviously just seen. What he can 18 do 18 and 11 in yeah, the first he, game He was big man. And he was the MVP of the Spain uh, When they want to go medal And he had the uh, What's the guys from the Rockets I'm going to butcher his last name So I don't want to say it Sangoon Yeah He Alfred was on that Sengun. team He was on the same team with him uh-huh. And he won MVP While he was on that team with him Dude yeah. Eurobasket? Yes Yes uh, No Okay so Santi Aldama Is one of those guys Where when when the Grizzlies Drafted him I'm not going to lie I was like who? <laughs> Like who? <laughs> I was like, who is that? Because wow. I like, because I'm I'm big into the draft. It was like so. Santi Aldama, you like college looked, and then his country. I instantly like, looked right. at his scandal reports. Yeah, no, and no, and, it, <laughs> and the first, but the first thing I looked up was his stats, and I saw that he was averaging like twenty and he ten on like forty percent from three, and I was like, okay, <laughs> and he's tall, <laughs> and he's tall, yeah. No, but Give he to went me. to he went to like some small yeah, he went to Loyola Maryland, yeah, Loyola, oh. uh, no Loyola, Loyola Maryland, I think, yeah, Maryland, Maryland, something, something that. You, you don't never see him. yeah you, you don't, don't see, see March, you don't see yeah. him. you look at yeah. his tape though like it was I understand why because you know we have a history of trading up to get guys and being aggressive and getting the people that we believe we're going to get so I can understand why we did it because if you look at his tape he was making passes he mm-hmm. was I mean you nice and, and you shots. saw what he can do like he's not athletic but he's very smooth he's like plays very smart and he's very good at positioning himself and you're not gonna ask him to be a starter once Jaren comes back you got that guy off the no bench. And, and that's what i'm saying him and him coming off the bench and also the possibility of Jaren and santi aldama playing together in like small ball lineups where you got two seven footers as your small ball lineup as your front court in a small ball lineup exactly that could that could be interesting now this is what i want to say this kind of puts the grizzlies and I'm, I'm gonna call it a beautiful problem because I would say it's beautiful because you have a lot of depth at the big man position. You have Jern, Steven, Tillman, you have BC, Aldama, Lofton mm-hmm. Jr., who we expect to be nice. Yeah. That's six people who well, realistically. I, yes, that's six court. people that can realistically get there. I think out of those guys, it's probably going to be Tillman and Lofton and don't get a lot of playing time exactly. when everybody's healthy. Now, with that being said, I don't want to see them go, but that gives us a lot of options in trade. Say if we do want to get like get a bigger name going along during the season, that does give us a lot of trade options. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, realistically, all of those guys cannot play, so somebody has to go. When does Zaire come back? I'm excited to see. Not not sure officially step. yet. There's not like an official timetable, but it's just knee soreness, so I think he'll be fine. Not yet. 
Uh, but we do have to talk. I know that's both of our teams, so that, kind of, that yeah. was like a bulk of the conversation. But another, t- the other game that I did want to talk a little bit about has to be the get-back game for the Suns. Obviously, them winning the first game of the season by two does not make up for the fact that they got blown out at home in game seven. No. And they are still going to get clowned for it for the rest of the I'm year. I'm still going to clown them for losing to the but, 36ers. But I still think that this game – because if they had because they were down by what 23 20, like they were down by a good amount I mean, of this I, game i went and to I think, the first half no didn't, i think if you, they had did, lost didn't you fall asleep at the i, first I half? did fall asleep. yeah we thought it was pound over. for pound <laughs> yeah. you know if they had lost this game i would have said that they're taking like they're not going to be good this year sound the alarm literally yeah. pound but for pound it sounds crazy but i gotta say pound for pound that loss in the final not finals that loss in the playoffs that they had game seven might be the most embarrassing loss that i've that might be in playoff history because you think about it, it was just in the finals last year. Yeah, had the hype. Everybody's like, "Oh yeah, we're going to be back. We've unfinished business." CP3 has already not had one. How, I don't even remember how much they lost by. Like it was. I, all I know is it was the meme. The meme is Chris Paul hitting a three to cut the lead to forty two. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know at one point it was worse than forty two. So you got in think, a game and, seven uh, at home. You got winners work on here. So. <laughs> All right, they won this game, but we can still clown them, dude. Nah, that's that's exactly. You go back to the meme with the winners work. This this the whole bunch of like I ain't gonna lie, that's courage. That was that was courage. You know they were lifting up this game. (laughs) But you think about it from a basketball perspective. You got embarrassed last season. You're down like you just said, twenty three points. As a player, that's so like you have no choice but to. Play your heart out, and I think that's it's what happened. And that's and what Damian Lee was. No, thinking. and I think <laughs> like that no must be, like it had to be Devin Booker at halftime was like really, like after all of this we don't went through this whole summer. Like what you remember, do? you remember how bad? Like, can you imagine how bad that summer must have felt for them? Because they were getting clowned. At, like I don't like. If I was Devin Booker, I wouldn't even have my phone on. I mean, Aiden didn't talk summer. to coach. Dude, oh yeah, Aiden didn't even talk to Monty Williams the entire offseason. Did you see the? Then it was like a, a Jalen Brunson when he was an old man in the three. He was talking about how they had beat the Suns and everything. You got all these people like Stephen A. and everybody talking about him. Stephen, not Stephen A. Chris Paul already hasn't got one. And then Dude. Patrick Beverly goes on first take <laughs> and calls Chris Paul a traffic oh cone. Bro, what a week that like, was. So he's a cone. Yeah, right? <laughs> so it's like the worst case scenario, you go through the summer, you go through uh, the the preseason, and in the preseason you lose to an NBL team and get clowned again. Yeah. And it's the first game of the season, and you're down to the same team that just blew you out at home in the playoffs. And it's almost like, dude, you cannot lose. Like you, I know it's the first game of the season. I know it's opening night, but it almost felt like they could not lose this game. None, most not by yeah. that much. From a pride standpoint, at that, like as a former player, you just, especially, I, we, I've, I've never lost by that much. Well, that's actually a lie. My uh, freshman year, we lost by fifty to T Higgins, <laughs> but we still won. We still won state that year, so it don't matter. But uh, the fact that, like. If you lose by 30 points, they ended your season. Like you just said, that was the last game. That's a mm-hmm. very bad taste in your mouth, especially when you first seed, have a lot of championship aspirations. You just came off a year where you felt like you were this close to winning one. You just weren't there. So all the indications pointed back to you at least being in the Western Conference Finals. And you fall short. You get killed and embarrassed. You play the team that just killed you. And like you just said, you're down by 23 
ain't no way that I'm going down by 23, just from a pride standpoint. Yeah, and I think that's 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 what you saw from the Suns. Uh, one thing that I did think was interesting is that, I mean, Chris Paul ended up playing 30 minutes, but Damian Lee was their point guard down the stretch. And I think that's just because, I think that's partly because Devin Booker has grown kind of as a playmaker. So I don't know if they needed Chris Paul as much and they needed another guy that can score. And it ended up working out for Monty Williams because Damian Lee hit the game winner. <laughs> now the which, Suns, which is, is kind of wild, but the Suns are a team that I'm actually very interested to look into this season because obviously they had a lot of controversy. Yeah, with, with DeAndre Ayton, so because he looked like he kind of looked like he didn't want to be there almost. Then like, you, this you, with his body language. You had that. Um, you combine that with uh, Jay Crowder just kind of forcing his way out too. You kind of like what's going on in Phoenix? Exactly. Right. So they're kind of interesting team to see. I don't know if uh, Aiton will be traded or not. I don't really see that happening or not. But especially with the Jay Crowder, I want to see how that will play out. They said that Cam Johnson is uh, untouchable. So um, and I see why this obviously yeah. it's apparent why he's, he's untouchable, mm-hmm. but. Uh, it just I just feel like I don't see them I'm not gonna say I don't see them being as good, but I don't see them being the first seed. Anymore. I, I definitely don't see them being the first seed. I don't like I, I I just don't see it. Like maybe they'll prove me wrong, but I I don't expect them to be the first seed this year. And then on the Maverick side, I mean I think they played a good game overall. Christian Wood looked really good uh for a stretch of that like kind of third quarter. Uh he had he had some threes and was doing a lot of good things and I think he's gonna be good for them, next to Luca, I think Luca is going to be in the MVP conversation this year, no question. And I think based on the way that he played in this first game, I mean, 35 points, six assists, nine rebounds. Uh, he didn't shoot well from beyond the arc, but I think he played well. And then, yeah, Christian Wood had 25 off the bench. Luca is in the perfect – I'm not going to say, like, he's in the perfect situation for him to win MVP just the way that it seems he's very ball dominant in the fact yeah. that he has the ball so much and then he doesn't really have a clear cut just star like he has Christian Wood but Christian Wood Christian Wood comes, comes off, off the bench, bench. Yeah. Exactly. no it's like if you look at their starting five like so it's Luca Dinwiddie JaVale McGee, Reggie Bullock, and Dorian Finney-Smith exactly none of those I mean Spencer Dinwiddie can create his own shot at times but when you look at Reggie Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Those JaVale McGee. Yeah. yeah, they're just catch and shoot. I mean, yeah, they're going to catch and shoot. And then JaVale yep. McGee is out there for rebounding and defense and maybe some putbacks. High rolls. Tim yeah, Hardaway's exactly. a wild card. You don't know what you're going to get at him. He was 3 for 10 this so, game, but he can be hot sometimes. Yeah, so it's, it's good to see about that. What you just said. So you have Luka, you know, has the ball nine times out of ten. If he doesn't have the ball, Tim nine Hardaway. Nine and a half times out of ten. Nine and a half times out of <laughs> <Yeah>. ten. <laughs> Other than that, we already know Dorian Finney-Smith and what's his name, Reggie Bullock. We already know where they're at. They're spotting yeah, up. They're yeah. never creating. Kleber too. Kleber too. Unless they just Kleber, unless they just have to, the, like the end of the shot clock. So the only two people who are actively getting shots off is Luca and Tim Hardaway. Javel McGee is literally there just to set screens, high pick and roll. It is a lob threat. He's good. Too. So he's good. with Luca, he's going to have high assist numbers. Mm-hmm. High scoring numbers every year. That's why he always has almost ten assists because he has the ball all game. No, like I think we could legitimately see Luca average thirty and ten. Yeah, and it's, it's and it's, it's it's because of how high his usage is going to be. Exactly, like his his usage is going to be, and I would say probably in the high thirties. Like he might have historical very, usage numbers. <laughs> yeah, like quite literally. 
I mean, that's why he wins MVP every time in uh, my league. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, literally every time. And, and it's those same numbers, 35, 12, and 12, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, an- another game between two teams that a lot of people have contenders to that was interesting to watch was the Pelicans and the Nets. Oh, yeah. And the Pelicans, hey, man. That's okay. a hot. That's a team that you that can, you, can we just talk like the, the Pelicans. South, hey, the Southwest Division as a whole is going to be stupid. The Pelicans like, we got the best division ever, but yeah, the Pelicans are nice. The Pelicans are looking really scary because last year they were already amazing trade. By the way, getting CJ McCollum. That's oh mm-hmm. that's so the underrated. trade that took them from being a good playoff team to a contender. Because mm-hmm. we already know what Zion was going to do. We got twenty seven. We've seen Brandon Ingram making a leap each year. He's becoming a better passer. He's still already. We already knew he was a good scorer. I'm, I don't know if you guys seen it that clip on Twitter where they was showing him next to next to Kobe. They started doing a little next to uh, side by side of Kobe thing. Mm-hmm. But he had a great series last year against the Suns in the playoffs already. Zion Zion stays healthy. He looks leaner. He was playing way like. Notice he wasn't, you know, usually you see John, he's playing Zion, he's dunking it all the time. Just yeah. He was playing way safer, but at the same time, them playing they safe. They can't stop him still. He didn't lose his aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. Like, he's playing safer, but at the same time, still going with that aggression. Like, instead of doing that dunk, he'll take that layup, but he's still going to go on your chest, just lay it up instead of trying to dunk on it. Like, stuff like that. So, you add that with a Zion, we see him at 27. They already have spacing with a guy like Valentunis. We know he can space out the floor. A little bit, yeah. and he can score inside. Yeah. And my favorite guy off their bench is Trey Murphy. Exactly. Trey Murphy is actually – so the Grizzlies and the Pelicans made that trade uh, when they got Zaire. Trey mm-hmm. Murphy is the guy that I wanted the Grizzlies to draft at 17 before they made the trade. Sniper. That True. dude is nice. Like, that dude, that dude is going to be nice. Like – then you have Herb Jones. Yeah, Herb Jones, yeah. Jose Alvarado. Exactly. Like, they, they they have a nice they have a nice even, team kind of even Dodgy Marshall. I mean, that's like three young wings that you all got last year. And think about it like this: the number one defender is obviously probably going to be on Zion. Well, honestly, yeah, obviously probably going to be on Zion. Depends, I guess depends on, on the build. Yeah. It depends on the yeah, exactly. Because like you're not gonna that. you're not gonna put Marcus yeah, Smart exactly. on Zion. Just, you know, I would change that up. So their number one might either be on Brandon Ingram or McCullum, maybe. But it causes a lot of matchup issues because CJ McCullum most nights is going to have the number. Three. He's their third. Yeah, he's their third option. And I don't know if there's a better third option in the NBA. Exactly, I, he's a killer, man. I, and I we just seen we know what CJ McCullum can get into. So anything. Valentunis is also a threat to get a bucket. Like, he's not just going to take over the game, but you have to worry about him at times. Like, he can get you one if he just needs to. So, I feel like they just have a lot. They have a lot of scoring options. I feel like their defense will take them as far as they need to go. As long as they have a really good defense. I'm not going to say really good. A solid defense. They can honestly make a move in the health. Yeah, for sure. And then on the other side, we got the Nets, which they rolled out Ben Simmons for the first time as a net. And, well, in the regular season at least. And safe to say it did not go the way they planned for it to go. Uh, he finished with four points. He he only took three shots. So, I mean, I guess that's not horrible. Uh, five rebounds and five assists. That's not bad. Three turnovers. But he fouled out in 23 minutes. So, not... 
not a good game from Ben Simmons. I don't think their loss was completely on Ben Simmons. Kyrie also shot six out of 19. But he still isn't doing the things that you want to see from him just overall. Now, I think we do need to give him some time to, like, find his role on this team and get back to playing basketball. It's only the first game. But it's just the same things that people are frustrated with when he was in Philadelphia is that it doesn't seem like he's gotten better at the areas that we know he needs to get better at. Like, we talked about Ja earlier. We know that Ja needed to be back a better shooter. You saw that in the first game. He was three out of six from three. He missed both of his mid-range attempts, but he's taking them, right? If I'm a Nets fan, I would rather him be two for ten with some missed mid-range, like something, like at least show that you've been working on something. The the thing I always think about is like the – the development of Brooke Lopez, how he was always back to the basket. And now, I mean, if you watch last game, he'll just take a transition three whenever just because he he trusts himself, you know, he, he works on it, and then he actually does in the game. I know Ben Simmons. We know Ben Simmons works on this stuff. Like, But why doesn't he do it in the game? I mean, his team would benefit so much just from the the perceived threat of him actually just taking a shot outside the painted area. I feel like it kind of goes uh, both ways. I feel like it's two issues with this. So I feel like it's a Ben Simmons issue, and it's an issue with the role that he has to play because your expectation comes from the role that you're in. Like you're not going to expect your center to be shooting the ball a lot of times, but you're going to expect true. somebody that's playing point guard with the ball in their hands a million times. In today's NBA, like maybe if he was playing like in the 80s, you'd be like, good job, Ben Simmons, you're not shooting the ball. But today's game, with him shooting the ball so much, you expect him, but we already knew that that was an issue like this yeah been an issue this whole time well and so. i think the, the crazy thing is, is that there was a time where ben simmons like it he would at least attack the rim Eight, exactly. like 18 points yeah game. that's what exactly. i'm saying and so. i think that's the difference is that it went from he can't shoot and that was the main problem to he can't shoot and he's not aggressive going to the rim anymore so either i, feel and I like think that's the big difference exactly so back to the other part where i was talking about his role in the two part it's the back to the confidence thing i just don't like when you watch him he doesn't look really confident in himself like i feel like a lot he's letting a lot of the noise like you know he's talking about like oh yeah it's not they say this they say this they shut up da 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 i feel like it's getting to him too much and he's just thinking about it and just needs to play Cause like you say he was attacking the rim and stuff. He doesn't even do that no more. I feel like he's so worried about trying to shoot that he's forgetting that there's other ways to score I mean, shooting mm-hmm. the ball. Like, yeah. you can drive the ball. You can move off ball, set a screen. Like, just other ways to actively get the ball and score. And I just feel like he's not even trying just from a confidence standpoint. It's just yeah. – it's just I can't believe how much <clears throat> his offensive game has just regressed. It's it seems like he he came out. I don't I'm looking at it now. It wasn't 18 points a game. It was like 17. But like, how do you do that as a 20 year old and then pers- like just progressively get worse? Like that doesn't make any sense for me for a guy who's 6'10", who's athlete like insane gifts athletically. Compare him to LeBron James. Yeah. At one point. And who who you, it's hard to take off the floor because he's so good at defense. Like how how in, in a good team in Philadelphia, how do you get worse progressively over time like how do you not blossom into i don't know at least like a all-star level player i mean he was rookie of the year i mean he was really good i, I don't get ben simmons i i, I don't like talking yeah <laughs> but i i do think that he can still be good for them because obviously he doesn't have to shoot that much i think that's a good thing the when you have K- KD and Kyrie, you're not going to be asked to shoot the ball that much as much as maybe 
uh, you wouldn't have had, uh, as much as he was on the 76ers when it's just like him and Embiid, basically the one-two punch. I feel like a good role for Ben Simmons would be if they can find a way, I'm not going to say a small ball five, but he should be used in a similar way how we use Steven Adams, where you, we throw it to him in the high post, he's setting a lot of screens, and make decisions mm-hmm. from that high post area. That way, one, you make the defender have to at least respect him because he's setting a screen. So at the least, they have to help. Yeah, They can't just stand there because they have to help. And two, you already know he's a good facilitator. He can make read. So you give him the option to be able to make a read and do what he's comfortable doing, not just being around the perimeter. And then two, you can uh, get other people options, and that way the defense has to at least do something instead of just being able to just make him a liability on offense. I feel like you should try to – that's why I was saying this goes both ways because you know that Ben Simmons isn't going to shoot the ball. So with that, as a coach, you should be expecting that. You shouldn't, as a coach – at this point, as a coach, you – you put Ben Simmons out there, you're not expecting him to shoot the ball. So put him in positions to where you know that he would be able to proceed. Now, I'm not saying exactly like the Grizzlies because our personnel is different than theirs. And obviously he's not as good of like a rebounder. Exactly. And he's not as big, and he's not as big as Steven Adams, but I do see what you're saying. Exactly, but put him in positions where maybe he could work in that high post area, attack to the basket if he sees it, make that backdoor pass, make that screen, do something to where he can flourish better than – have him dribbling on a three point line. I, that's not helping because you know he's not what he's not going to do. For sure, for sure. Uh, and then kind of moving on because we don't, we don't have too much time left, but we do have to talk about somebody else that made their debut with their new team. And that's Rudy Gobert, which he came out and led the Timberwolves in scoring in the first game, which is not what I would have expected going into the game. Oh, that's but insane. yeah, finished with twenty three points on ten out of fifteen shooting. And he had 16 rebounds, uh, and yeah, he, he he looked really good. It's amazing what happens when they actually pass him the he ball. He looked good and happy. Like, the exactly. past few years in Utah, you kind of see him with his, not his head down. I mean, he's a big guy, but, you know, he just didn't seem, you didn't see the energy there from Gobert. And, I mean, now throw him on the Warriors. You got a, lo- a lot of young talent around him. They give him the ball now. They let him actually use his 7-1 frame. And, yeah, now he's. Yeah, 23 points. That's a, that's an insane game for Rudy Gobert. And Cat had seven assists. He tied. And if you was watching the game, you seen him throw a couple lobs up, uh, Rudy Gobert. So now with him, because most of the time, you know with the Jazz, they like to shoot a lot of threes. There was a lot of spacing. So Rudy's only goal, not goal, but his only role mainly was just a high screen and roll lob threat. Get the Basically, rebound. yeah. That was his role. Now with you have guys like Carlton Towns, you have two. It's kind of a little different. Now, he's still a lob threat just from his frame, but he has more versatility in his role just because the personnel is different and what's asked of him is different. And I actually think that playing with another real center like that is actually going to be good for Cat because I think when you look at kind of his his liabilities are, he's not a great rim protector and defender on the interior, which not that he's bad, but he's not near the player that Rudy Gobert is on defense. And then he's also better on the perimeter offensively where he can go back to the basket and do some things out of the post. And that's a mismatch in itself. Yeah, and it's it's a mismatch, like, definitely. But I think that him at the four, where he can also get some more opportunities from behind the arc, too, because of, I mean, he calls himself the best shooting big man to ever walk the planet, basically. 
And I mean, not saying, yeah, not saying that he is, but I mean, he's definitely one of the best three point shooting centers that we've had in the game, at least right now. So I think that him kind of playing the four is going to help. Uh, and then I, I like that because it, it's been a while since we've seen like two big men that are like this dominant that are both playing at the same time. The last on the same time team. we've seen that was with DeMarcus Cousins yeah. and AD, and even mm-hmm. though that was different. And that was that was old. That was older than Marcus Cousins who had been injured, but it worked. Yeah, it worked when they were playing together. Yeah, it was dominant. But um, one thing that I want to ask you guys: um, from if you're a coach of the Timberwolves, what do you? The game is on the line at the end. Do you run Rudy Gobert and Carlton Towns to end the game, or say you just go with one or the other? It dep- I mean, it depends on who we're playing, honestly. Because there, there are some lineups, and we saw it uh, go back to the playoffs a couple years ago where the Jazz lost to the Clippers, where t- they put Terrence Mann in there, and it basically played Rudy Gobert off the, off the court. Rudy Gobert can't play. And as great of a defender he is on the interior, he, he, he just couldn't play down the stretch of those games. So if you play a team that can that is very well at going small, like if they play a team like the Warriors that can go small very well, right? Yeah. I, I think that's when you're going to run into problems with having Rudy Gobert on the court. And then I feel like, too, another thing now this Rudy Do- Gobert trade does for the Timberwolves, it helps them out a lot because Cat is known for his foul trouble. So with Cat being in foul trouble all the time, that's something that's suspected of him. Like, we already know Jaren's going to get in foul trouble a lot. Now with Cat getting in foul trouble, you have another guy like Rudy Gobert who can hold it down at the center position. Because Cat is known. He's topping fouls almost every year. We've seen it a lot in the Grizzlies series where he played us. He played himself out the game just with just stupid fouls. Just. Yeah. So now with that, you have another guy like Rudy Gobert who, at the least, if Cat is in foul trouble, you know who can hold it down. Yeah, they they got some depth depth up um, in the the front court too. Uh, I like uh, the signing of Kyle, Kyle Anderson and uh, Nas Reed's really good too. He's really underrated. Well, um, as for like what lineup I throw out at the end of the game, I'm taking Gobert out probably, and then I mean it'll probably look like D'Lo and and McDaniel's, and then and then the hot hand, whoever it is at the end of the game, like if it's Kyle Anderson, even Torian Prince. So one question I have with the the not the Grizzlies the Timberwolves they had a very good defense last year we seen with this Gobert trade how much better does their defense get because they still have Justin uh, they still have Vanderbilt so you still have no they don't no they don't, don't. Vanderbilt no that, that, no and that's what I'm about to say is that Nick Daniels are very I I think down. they're gonna have they don't have the defenders like top to bottom that they yeah. did last year because uh, there's no Vanderbilt now no Bev. Pat yeah, Bev no left. Pat Bev. I think I think those are the two big ones, and uh, no Malik Beasley, right? Yeah, no yeah, Malik, Malik Beasley because he's playing them. He said that I forgot who he went to. I think he went. I forgot where he went to, but I know he said something about like he was going to get them bucks or something, something like that. It was yeah. like kill anybody. Yeah, something. it's something like that. Something pretty aggressive. <laughs> yeah, so that's that, that's what I'm saying. It's like. Uh, oh no, he plays for the Jazz. They traded him. Yeah, yeah they traded him yeah. for Gobert. He's like their second best player. Which also, the freaking Jazz beat the Nuggets in the first game. Yeah, what am I? We're, about? we're almost <laughs> we're almost an we're almost at the hour mark, so we're not going to get to talk about that a lot. Uh, I don't necessarily think that means the Jazz are out of the Victor Wimbanyama uh, sweepstakes, but good good first win for the Jazz, I guess. And okay, Nuggets, maybe 
we maybe everybody shouldn't have put the Nuggets number one on their list so one, coming into the season. I don't know. One person that I do want to talk about though before we run out is this man, Paolo. Yes. Yeah. Um like they said that they said this is the first twenty five, five and five performance by a rookie since LeBron James. And I'm not gonna say he's LeBron James because that's just we know it, LeBron. That's a lot of expectation. But if you looked at him play, he looked very comfortable. Like pull up jumpers, making good defensive stops, dunking defense, over people, effort. <laughs> like even yeah. when he made some mistakes, you that's stuff that you don't see in players. Like he made winning plays. Like mm-hmm. he gets a turnover. He doesn't stop, sit his head down, playing to the rough. He runs back, gets a block on defense. He's playing disciplined defense, knowing when to jump, not going for head fakes. Just like smart plays. He's running a break as a ball handler and off ball. Like he he's running the like and then it goes back to what Draymond said. I don't remember the exact quote, but it was on his podcast where he was talking about how mature Paolo looks for his age and how he was like leading his guys in the summer league and like holding guys accountable and stuff. And that shows with just how he played. Like I feel like this certain guys like as Draymond, like you said, he's holding guys accountable. You could see it. Like you don't have to hear players talking about are they doing this, they're doing that. But you could see that he cares and he's wanting to win just by the type of plays that he's making. Yeah, he looks really refined. Um, I think he has a really unique play style. It reminds me a lot of Pistons' Blake Griffin, which I think is prime Blake Griffin. It's definitely uh, Blake Griffin's prime in terms of skill. Um, he was t- very skilled at that point. Yeah, I mean, he can like. There's, there's what can you say about Benchero? Like, he can, he can doing it all at this point. You said the playmaking. I mean, he's a big body at six ten. Uh, I'm not sure what weighs that, but but he looks hunky. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's very good at getting to the rim, and he's got a deep bag if he can't. And talk about it too. It looked like. The Magic, this Magic team last year, they feel like they're playing with way more intensity and sense of urgency this yeah, year. Yeah, which they still lost this game. They did. Like they they did, looked but They looked good. But I will also say, because like I said, I, I think the Magic have a chance to make the play-in, but I think they also played another team that has a chance to make the play-in in the Pistons. Because Jaden Ivey Jaden Ivey looked really good. Uh, they added yeah. Bogdanovich. Uh, Cade Cunningham had a good game with 18 points and 10 assists. They got Sadiq uh, Jalen Duran off the bench. Yeah, had a, like, some good highlights. Dude, Kevin that team, they, they've got a good young team. They remind me of, like, the Grizzlies from, like, two years ago uh, when Ja was a rookie. I feel like the scary – I feel like the – they're very nice, but honestly, like I said earlier, I feel like the Magic scared me the most from a year. Out of those two, probably the Magic a little bit more, just because Franz Wagner. Yeah, Franz. We've seen, and then Franz in the Euro League stuff this year was going insane. And Jalen Suggs, even him, he looked way better than he did last year already. Like, yeah, he looks like he. He's and they have, and dude, Bol Bol, Bol Bol got some, got some yeah. run. Bol Bol's getting time. some run finally, and Bol Bol some run. You got. Bigs that can, like I said, uh, the versatility of their lineups is crazy because Franz Wagner can control the ball. Bo Ball can control the ball. Terrence Ross. Then Terrence Ross. Paolo Who's been on the, the Magic ball. for ever. But yeah, yeah, salute to him. He has been on the Magic for a long time. <laughs> like he's, he's like, <laughs> dude, he's been on the Magic for so long that I bet a lot of these guys grew up playing with him on the Magic in 2K that he's playing yeah, with yeah. now. You, you always hear about Terrence Ross around the trade deadline. Like this guy's been on the Magic forever. He's old. Like, Given to a, a contending team or something. Has Terrence Ross ever been on a good team? <laughs> like know. he was on the Raptors. He was on the Raptors. But the Raptors the Magic, did. right? Just, yeah, they weren't even that good when he was on the team. Italy Raptors and the. We, hey, yeah, hey, we need to. We actually, I'm pushing the Magic being good just for Terrence Ross. Uh, but yeah, 
just before we close up but thank y'all for listening to another episode of the fast break podcast welcome on to your first show keithan uh we'll see y'all on the next episode where we'll continue to look at all the games happening in the nba for the next week